What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know just a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, I have Jordan Bala. What's going on? What's up? What's up? Of Tag Golf, as well as Top Shelf Entertainment. Yes, Welcome sir. to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks yeah, for we've on. actually known each other for four or five years now. About close to that. We met during uh, Dancing with Stacey. Dancing? Stars, so, yeah. Okay, you got a little dancing here. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I remember because you, you came on the year uh, after me and Stephanie participated, which we yep. won. Uh, and then uh, I remember seeing you, and I was like, man, that guy can really dance. <laughs> I, I got a mover to here and there kind of tucked in my back pocket and you and you're really good friends with Maceo as well right so one he's, of my best friends yeah you one still keep in friends. touch with him oh yeah he's yeah. crushing the game right now oh dude he's doing such phenomenal things with Savannah Bananas yeah and, and not even just them I mean choreographing and teaching at all kind of different studios you know? yeah shout out to my boy Mace yeah that's awesome I, I mean it really uh stands testament to um you know just always being in the game you know as a dancer i think it's really challenging at times to be able to do that but he's really stayed the course and it's kind of flourished which is amazing for him uh what i like to say in here is usually uh birds of a feather flock together yeah and so let's talk a little bit about the success that you've had uh you kind of like been doing uh entrepreneurship for quite some time yeah so talk to me about you know, the start or where you believe the start of your entrepreneurial journey was? So I think majority of everything kind of kicked off back in high school. Um, I've always been obsessed with entertainment, which is kind of what led into Top Shelf. Um, But it was it was kind of a no brainer for myself because although I was really good in school, I didn't like it, man. Mm. I I did. I, I didn't like the I didn't like being taught as if you were talking at me. I wanted to learn hands-on and actually be involved in the moment and, and everything that I was interested in as far as owning my own company and still wanting to be involved in, in entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt I didn't need a degree with that, which nothing against anyone that, that pursues college mm-hmm. for, for that purpose. I do believe education is important. Uh, but I also believe the ar- other argument on the other side of the table is that it, it's not a necessary thing for everyone. Yeah. Um, but it, it that's what was an easy decision for me and the fact that I didn't want to pursue that type of education, but more so reading the books, the seminars, um, the, uh, the, the channels as far as entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and, and wealth development and business expanding. Um, it got me into starting Top Shelf Entertainment. Uh, which was just me, yeah. <laughs> and now we've grown to the point I've got uh, a couple different DJs with me. I've got uh, six or seven different coordinators now, so we offer coordinating and planning, wow. uh, officiating services. Yeah. So let's uh, lay down some groundwork. Yeah. What is Top Shelf Entertainment? So Top Shelf Entertainment is a premier entertainment and coordinating service in the the surrounding low country area or or personally i feel in in the southeast and Mm -hmm. the reason i say that is because we do travel a little bit 
Uh, we've done some work in a couple other states in Alabama, Tennessee, wow. Carolinas, Florida. Uh, but we offer top-of-the-line DJMC work. We offer a uh, day of coordinating for weddings and events, more so private style uh, versus uh, club work, even though we, you know, myself and a couple of my other DJs have club experience. Sure. Um, the private industry is more so where we're entailed to. So with that coordination, it's it's about a month of planning where we take a lot of our couples planning and we put it on paper and we yeah. execute it to where their responsibilities on wedding day is two things only. They get married and have a good time. Yeah. And as long as they allow us to do our job, we're going to make sure that that they do exactly that. Yeah, some uh, some roses and praises for you. Uh, you know, uh, for those that don't know, I'm involved with a company called Two Fly Guys Media mm-hmm. Production. Uh, a large portion of our business is in the wedding industry. And um, as as a wedding videographer, you get to listen to a lot of the DJs yep. out there. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that makes its rounds is the level of showmanship uh, that Top Shelf puts on in terms of actually uh, knowing how to mix in the music, how to get a crowd moving, not just uh, moving one track to the other. Uh, not to say that there's uh, anything wrong with that, but, you know, to oftentimes when you're in the moment, when you're moving, when you're dancing, uh, the la- the worst thing that you can do is stop it and start it again, right? Like hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. And and our guys do have a background in that mixing standpoint, uh, but along with that showmanship, you know, I'm a very firm believer. I don't believe, and I may catch a little flight for this, but I believe that you should know how to speak on a mic. Mm if you're truly going to be considered a DJ. Mm. And I don't mean DJ Khaled style where it's every 30 <laughs> seconds you're over the track. Another one. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> we the best. <laughs> uh, shout out DJ Khaled. Yeah. Um, but in the sense of how we represent ourselves and how we introduce certain events and settings uh, or, or tasks within the event. You know, you'll never hear us say something as, as boring as, all right, they're going to dance now. Yeah. Because that's that's not a show. Yeah. That, that's not entertainment. That's right. Um, so we're, we're a lot more intricate and detailed with our MC instruction. So all of our guests or anybody involved at the, the party that we're hosting, they know what's happening, when it's happening, and where it's happening. And that's uh, to a certain extent. <laughs> I, I've seen you in action before uh, at some of the events that we've, we've put on uh, together. And seeing you not only you know, put on a good show for people, but also take the lead, right? You will get out from behind the DJ booth yep. and, you know, like, <laughs> we, we about to do the electric slide, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that 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 level of uh, commitment and dedication to ensuring that your guests have an amazing experience is why your organization has grown and is why you will continue to grow. I, I believe that. I, I appreciate that. We, yeah. we take a lot of pride in, in, in the service. And I say we because I wouldn't be here in the uh, the manner that I am today mm-hmm. and the, the growth that I've seen within my company over the past couple of years if it weren't for the team that I have working with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of my team members are phenomenal and all of them share the same passion and, and drive to make sure that we put on the best event for these couples that we possibly can, especially because there's there's no do-overs in this. Yeah. There's not a do-over. Well, I take that back. Maybe, ah. maybe you know, we offer discounts on repeat customers. Hey. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, like uh, 
you know, it's it's a one shot. Yeah. It it's you don't get an opportunity to back the day up and and try to rework or fix something. So yeah. you you want to make sure that everything you do is to the best of your ability in that that one moment. That's right. I feel like I'm quoting an Eminem song. I love right that at the moment. I love it. I love it. So talk to me about I guess <laughs> what got you into DJing in the first place, right? Like was that something that you had picked up? You mentioned that, you know, early on you had mm-hmm. interest in the entertainment industry. So it, it, what I mean necessarily or more pinpoint on entertainment, uh, I actually was involved in a lot of acting. Oh, you uh, were? I did, I, I, or I, I was. Uh-huh. Um, I did a lot of acting in high school. I uh, did a, you know, some classes and some things up in New York. I was in some commercials and movies here locally. That's awesome. Uh, down in Florida. I uh-huh. was a performer at Bush Gardens for a little while. Okay. Um, but I, I've always had a love for music, music yeah. in general. Okay. And DJing never... I'll be honest, it never really crossed my mind. Okay. Um, where I got started was back in high school where uh, a good family friend of ours who owns the Mackey House, which okay. is a very prominent venue here in Savannah, they mentioned that they were looking for someone to train and step in in a uh, directing, coordinating, and DJ position mm. because of their amount of growth that they were seeing. And because of my love for music and entertainment and dancing and acting, I was like, oh, well, maybe that might be something I'm interested in. I don't know. I've never dealt with it. Uh, first wedding, I was hooked. It, the very how, first how, wedding. How did you – so this is very interesting to me because your willingness to go there, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you have interest in it, obviously. But, w- like, what made you – jump in, right? Like, did you already have your own equipment? Did you have, like, all... I had nothing. Nothing at all. I had absolutely nothing. When it, when I first started training, uh, I was using a lot of the equipment they had on site. Uh, a good old Diamond Dave is is my man who uh, who really got me interested in the wedding industry and, and showed me um, with his passion and, and how well he does with, with his events and his couples and clients. So he's a DJ as well? He is. Okay. Uh, he, he's actually, he's, he's like a triple threat in the wedding industry. Oh, he is? He, he's, uh, he can officiate, he can do the, the directing, and he can do the, the DJMC one. Oh, okay. So all I, I'm, I'm not uh, certified to be an officiant, but I'm working on that. Oh, okay, so okay. I can do everything we, we else. Coming but... <laughs> we coming for you. We coming for you. But yeah, he, uh, it, it was one of those situations where, uh, I had spoken to my mom about it at the time, and when she had brought it to my attention that mm. that's what they were looking for, you know, again, I'd never been interested in weddings before or even DJ work, <clears throat> but with my passion in music and loving music as much as I did mm-hmm. and that, that dance background, that competitive dance background, music was was really what drove a lot of my entertainment style of life. Mm. And... Uh, it came down to the decision of why not? I mean, what's what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens is I go out there and I don't enjoy it. I don't sure. like it. It's not for me. And then I can check that off the list knowing that it's not for me and, you know, follow another path or find another path to, to pursue something else. Mm-hmm. Um, How important was that dance background to DJing? I'd say ultimately I wouldn't call it important you know, per mm-hmm. se, because I believe that you can be a heck of a DJ and not have a a, a dancing bone in your mm-hmm. body, but you have a sense of rhythm. Mm. And having that dance background and structure and having rhythm and knowing beats and how to count certain beats uh, 
definitely made it a lot easier uh-huh. to transition over uh, into the DJ side of things, which if I'm not mistaken, I think you're starting to dabble in <laughs> yourself a little bit, starting to get into some mixing. Pretty I like soon. it. I, I like might have it. you come out and DJ uh, some easy, weddings for me, man. They ain't ready for that. They ain't ready for that. <laughs> Uh, one more question about this before yeah. we move on to kind of like, you know, the new stuff that sure. you have going on um, with. Uh, do you feel that everybody has is dancing in rhythm um, a innate ability or is it something that, you know, that can be learned? Because you, you probably see a lot of people tearing up that dance floor. And when I say tearing <laughs> up, there's multiple ways that that can be done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think that it is God, that's a touchy subject. Uh, it, it, I have to be careful with, with how I explain this here because I've seen some I've seen some some footwork and have that's you? for the best or worse in uh, <laughs> some weddings. Um, I believe ultimately it comes down to passion and and willingness to learn. Mm. Um, it's a lot harder if you struggle with rhythm in itself and being able to to count and tap on two and four or or off beats. Um, It it makes it more difficult. Mm -hmm. But I found that even on the dancing side, and and I know Maceo can attest to this for me, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, perfect example with him teaching some of the Savannah Bananas. Yeah. Those guys are baseball players. Yeah. They're not dancers. Sure. But... He he teaches in an aspect, uh, almost in a lyrical sense, that's easier for them mm. to know, hey, I need to do this move or put my hand in this position in this way. When the word is. When this word is, you know, they're key words, uh-huh. um, which is a very, I don't want to say beginner, um, but ultimately that that's, sure. that's kind of what it is. It's a very easy intro level sure. on how to teach someone dance yeah. versus learning to hit moves on beats in yeah, the background yeah. that sometimes don't match with the lyrics. That's right. But you're basing everything off of a, a two and four count. That's right. Um, which that's where you get more into the intermediate and professional style level that, you know, you see a lot of Maceo doing and, and that's things right. like that. And what I used to do, but I'm getting old now. So. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, I really enjoy uh, hearing about your, because I can hear the passion that you have um, for this area, uh, this business uh, that you do. Um, but you've also decided to parlay all that experience into another um, organization or company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is also extremely exciting. So tell me a little bit about TAG. So TAG, uh, the Above Average Golf, is a uh, company that I've decided to to create, if you will, uh, in a sense to bring a, I don't want to say new addition because, uh, you know, what I'm bringing to this area has been around, but it's nowhere near this, this district, if that makes sense. Um, I, I'm bringing a new addition to the game of golf to this area that adds just more excitement uh, and honestly kind of caters to a lot of the changes that are happening in the sport of golf mm. uh, in the sense of, you know, a, a lot of people don't know golf's been around for centuries. Golf, golf actually sure. started, historians argue, back in the 1400s mm. and was banned in 14, 
don't quote me on this, I want to say 1456 by yeah. King Henry II. Okay. No golf, no football. Uh, and then the first actual 13 rules that, if I'm not mistaken, are still a part of the rules of golf today weren't written until the 1700s. Mm. So uh, golf's been around for quite some time. But I feel it's kind of it kind of got stagnant. It, yeah. It kind of got to the point to where a lot of the new and younger generation, not as many were gearing towards uh, a, a sport that really does have some excitement and takes a lot more skill yeah. than people realize. It's very it's a very <clears throat> difficult game. It's a very di- I think you know out of all the uh, sports, uh, golf has got to be one of the most difficult simply uh, because you are literally playing against yourself right like oh, exactly. you don't have any team like in another sport you can pass the ball you can get rid of the you know get rid of the rock or whatever it is but in golf you are every reason why you are succeeding exactly <laughs> and also failing <laughs> yeah like so. you said you know in, in in other sports you can lean on your teammates yeah um, and there are versions of golf that you can do the same, but ultimately, like you said, if you're playing poorly, yeah, it starts to become such a mental game that you get within your own head and you start overthinking and yeah. overanalyzing everything. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, God rest his soul, Robin Robin Williams mm. uh, explained it perfectly in his skit of how golf was created. Uh-huh. When he talks about uh, <laughs> about taking a little stick with it, and I'm going to change the, the wording here, with a messed up end uh-huh. and hitting a ball this big uh-huh. and sticking a hole this big uh-huh. 500 yards away yeah. and telling you, you got three to five hits to get to that <laughs> hole and put it in. Uh-huh. And, and seeing these professionals say, all right, well, I'm going to take this club and I'm going to angle it at this degree and hit it with this stance and this foot position, and I'm going to open the club face just a little bit more and choke down just a little bit more. So I have some backspin, but I want to land it, you know, seven yards further than I intentionally want it to go. And this and that. Those guys get way, way detailed into it versus yeah. someone like me. I go out on the course and say, eh, it looks like a seven iron. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of swing away. That's right. Um, so how how is Tag going to uh, bring a fresh perspective on this sport of golf? So, uh, I mean, I guess I, I'll go ahead and, and discuss it because, I mean, the, the, the product's here now. Sure. Um, I'm bringing what is all over Europe. Okay. It's all over the West Coast. And I think the closest anywhere here is Arizona. Uh, they are uh, electric golf scooters that are, in the sense, like Harleys. Mm. So they they look like a motorcycle. They have the same feel and ride as a motorcycle. You know, no, very wide turns, leaning with the bike. Sure. Um, but it, it it's a sense of excitement. Sure. That uh, allows you to have a little more fun than your your standard golf cart. Yeah. Uh, as well as you know, it has benefits for the course and and for the players as well. So it's going to speed up your pace of play. Because every every rider, you know, in the group can go to their own ball mm. instead of having to drive to one ball, wait for that person to hit, drive to the next ball, wait for that person to hit, mm-hmm. and then the same, you know, if you're in a foursome, the the same uh, two in your your group also have to do the same thing. Versus if you're on these bikes, you go to everybody can go to their own individual shot and then meet up at the yep. T- yep. So that it speeds up the pace of play. 
Uh, it does less damage to the course, which as an avid golfer it is something that we, we really care about. You know, especially if you're a member at this course, you want the course to look nice. Yeah. You know, you're, you're paying a lot of money to be out there and, and enjoy a sport and, and an activity that you love so much. Uh, it's not as fun when people have driven these big heavy golf carts through wet patches and, and mudded and, and tried to go, you know, off wheel or off road, you know, mud, sure. mud bogging with sure. them. Um, so the weight distribution of these and, and being a fat tire scooter uh, will will do less damage to the course. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't know if you'll you'll post a or photo. Can, or we video could, we on could this drop in not, a picture, so. uh, like right here, and kind of like you know have people take a look at it and see yeah. you know what's going on. Um, how did you get to this point? Like, what made you interested in this? golf uh bike if you will so uh, aside from to kind of lead into that aside from the entertainment aspect i grew up playing sports my entire life okay um what sports baseball was number one i I played just about every sport there was Mm -hmm. baseball was the longest i played baseball from about the time i was three and a half four years old uh six years old i started travel ball and played up until i was 15 playing travel ball yeah um we won state a couple times i mean we i love that's awesome dabbled in golf here and there. Mm-hmm. But if I were to to look back and realize that golf was something that I could enjoy as I got older, I probably would have swayed more into that at a younger age because it's something that I can continue to do um, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And versus baseball, uh, you know, I you're not going to catch me. I, I mean, I play softball, men's softball, and things like that, but you're not going to catch me on a professional field running around That's right. at this point because I'm nowhere near trained up for it. Yeah. Um, but with the bikes, I, I actually saw the bikes on TikTok. Okay. Um, and I was I was sitting at my, my day work and sitting next to a friend of mine, and we were scrolling through TikTok. And I said, dang, man, look, look at these things. Like, these are really cool. And realized that it was at a course out in California. And he said, man, yeah, that'd be really cool if, you know, we could get something like that out here. We don't ever get anything that, you know, anything like this in our area. And that's how the question came to be of why not? Yeah. Why, why don't we have anything like this? Mm -hmm. Um, Something that's going to change up the the experience of golf, you know, take it above average. Yeah. Um, Which is what kind of led into the name. But yeah, I, I question why can't, someone bring these carts How, out uh, here I, i'm um this is kind of like taking a step outward and mm-hmm. kind of like looking at this you know and, and it's really for the people that are listening to the channel um do you oftentimes think about like w- what caught my interest in that uh interaction that you just described there was your friend saying that hey we never get anything like this and most a majority of people out there's responses would be yeah like that's that's correct but what you had in there was, okay, well, why not? And not only why not, but how can I make that happen? Are you always thinking about the opportunities that, like, you know, come across your table and, you know, how you can potentially execute? A hundred percent. Yeah. And and uh, some people will say that that could be a negative thing in the sense of almost like scatterbrained. Mm. Um, but I don't look at it that way. I, I look at it as... Uh, growth. Mm. I look at it as, you know, as you mentioned, opportunity Mm. to where no matter what, if you decide 
not to pursue something or, or not to give something a chance, then there's a guaranteed answer that it's not going to happen. Or sure. the answer is a no versus a yes. Sure. But otherwise, if you don't give something a shot, um, you know, it, it again, it it fades into that we know there's it's not going to come versus the possibility of even the slightest chance of something really growing into fruition and and being possible to create a dream and yeah. create a, a business or an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I've probably got like four or five other business <laughs> plans already, to, you know, constructed and built out that I really want to do, but I, ha- I'm, I have to stay. <sighs> this is a tough part for me. And, and for those that are, are listening, you know, I – and I feel this on a very deep level, which is why I'm speaking about it, because, you know, I have two restaurants. I mm-hmm. have a media production company. I have a PR firm. I have a e-commerce whiskey product. So it's it's honestly uh, a nonstop just, you know, thing after thing after thing. Um, but I will say this, even when I was uh, younger, I would spend so much time fleshing these ideas out. And it's a little bit of different perspective from what you just said because, you know, what you're talking about is like really like just take the chance, right? Like, hey, like see this one through, make it happen. Uh, I actually have a lot of, a, a little bit of a different approach because I think a lot of people have just ideas. So they'll, you know, dream up something and they'll say like, man, I have this great idea. Yeah. And, I, and I, you hear it all the yeah. time. Um, but I think one thing that I did differently was I would take that idea and actually put pen to paper and really start fleshing it out, right? Like, so for example, what's the business model going to be? What's my cost to be able to run this type of operation? Um, what are, what are going to be my marketing channels? Like where is kind of like, you know, how are people going to see this product? And I think what's important about that is I treated that as if it was was an exercise. So I'm I'm putting in the reps, right? Like right. I'm going to the gym, I'm basically fleshing this out. And even if it doesn't come true, at least I'm spending time on it to kind of like get it get it to the point where all I need to do is pull the trigger and let's go. And that has benefited me so much throughout the years because at this point when something across comes across my desk, my muscle's strong because I've been thinking about this literally all the time. So you say that you have some business plans? Man, I got some business plans. <laughs> like, you know, they're just they're just filed away yeah. for, the, for the moment in time and you never know when that opportunity might come right um so glad for the opportunity that uh that presented itself with tag how difficult was it through the processes of creating the company um getting everything and you are getting ready to launch when uh hopefully the end of this month hopefully uh, i believe the set date is around march 25th okay and you uh, are going to be at at rankin golf course okay that's going to be our first course uh, got a couple other courses in mind lined up. Uh, I won't mention names yet until we get some contracts. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, the carts will first be coming out to, to Rincon Golf Course. Um, and uh, there's a lot of interest already. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have been reaching out uh, for friends of mine that have known this was kind of in the works. Because uh, it's been about eight, about eight months to a year that I've been kind of working on this because mm-hmm. so kind of kind of like you mentioned probably not as in depth. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of the ideas come in, and ultimately my decision comes down to give it a shot. Why sure. not? 
But I do analyze a little bit of that before I say, yeah, just give it a shot. Sure. Because I'm, you know, I'm, for instance, this business venture cost a handful of money. Sure. Um, and it was something that I was not just going to throw money at if I didn't have a true belief mm. that it's something that will thrive in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there was a little more on the planning side as far as, okay, where are my distributors that I'm going to get these carts from? Um, what is my my cost analysis? And aside from the, the, the bikes themselves, as far as transportation and uh, do I have a vehicle to pull the said transportation? What am I going to, you know, rent and charge for, for people to use the bikes? Uh, how much of that is going to be profit versus how much of it needs to go directly back into it in the beginning to uh, to make up some of that overhead? Yeah. Um, so there, were, there was a lot of that. And, and as you said, pen to paper uh, in the beginning. And then I eventually reached a point to where I said, okay, I think I'm about as far as I can go without pulling the trigger. And sure. I, I've, I've got to get the bike. The only way I'm going to find out is I've got to take a leap. And, yeah. And I've got to get the bikes here. And, and in that sense, I analyzed and said, okay, as a worst case scenario, mm. if this doesn't pan out, here's what I have to do to cut costs, break even, and and not be penalized at her. That is so important. Uh, gambling, right? Because mm-hmm. like ultimately you have to take that leap of faith, like, right. like we call it. Uh, but always be thinking of you know the the back door and building that in into the strategy is critical because you know business isn't always you're not oftentimes the first one that you do is not going to be the home run. If it is the home run. Man, props to you, and I and I'm gonna be cheering for you, like you know, like no no nobody's business. But always having the thought of like, okay, what do I need to protect myself? Right. Because you can't just put it all on the line and just let it go, because that's dangerous, right? Like that that's how people like you know get into a lot of trouble. Yep. Um, but talk talk to me about the Rinkin Golf Course. Like, yep. how difficult was that to kind of like line that up? Um, what is it like out there? And talk to me, walk through, walk me through like an experience uh, if somebody was interested in kind of getting on one of these uh, bikes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm actually a member out okay. at Rinkin Golf Course. Uh, and my man, Paul Goff, who, who runs the show out there, shout out to Paul. Um, when I had mentioned the idea to him and it was it was kind of in passing, I just kind of stopped him as he was he was leaving one day and said, hey, Paul. I've got this idea that I really want to bring to the area. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on you guys being the first course and the first one to have these available? Mm-hmm. And he loved it off the start. Off the um, rip? Off the rip. I mean, it was – so, I mean, that that was a huge benefit that he loved the idea so much and saw the traffic. I mean, he, he was already looking in the future, seeing the traffic that it would drive to the course. Yeah. Uh, especially because if – you know, anybody that's listening or, or watching that is a golfer, a um, handful of years ago, the course was in a little rough shape. Uh-huh. Uh, it was in the process of, of being rebuilt okay. and had gone through a transition of a, a couple different uh, management positions, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> but now we've got some guys over there uh, on the ground crew uh, that are just killing the game, mm. just absolutely making that course 
beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's night and day compared to what it used to be. The greens look phenomenal. Um, Chris and Adam, the the two main guys out there, are doing such a phenomenal job to to really make that course what all of us as members have wanted it to to look like for for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, again, leading into to Paul, you know, also being excited for a potential business to kind of lean in towards him uh, and and drive rounds, you know, additional rounds of golf at the course. Yeah. Uh, because it does speed up the pace of play. So you can get more rounds throughout the day, which is a huge benefit and enticement for other courses to look at having this brought. But the the biggest benefit for the course itself is they don't store the carts. Mm. They don't charge the carts. They don't do maintenance on them. Tag is an outside vendor. Mm-hmm. We have a, a liability contract and, and waiver that guests have to sign every time before they get on the bike, no matter how many times they've they've driven it. Yeah. Um, and the course will collect a a cut of the proceeds and and money coming in from the bikes the being sale. rented. Gotcha. Because we ultimately we know that. They the courses make money off of their cart fees when the rounds of golf are booked through them. Yeah. So I I, I don't want them. I know how business works in the sense of they've got to make their money too. Sure. Um, but in this sense, how it would work and how we're we're uh, setting it up with Rink and Golf Course first is you as as the customer and as the golfer mm-hmm. would come in and if we have bikes available and they're not all rented out, which uh, you know. Plan for all of them to be rented out love all that, the time. Love that. Um, you would come in, and instead of paying for the full round, you would pay, uh, which includes your your cart fee. Mm-hmm. You would pay for a greens fee, or as if you were going to be walking the course. Then you'll be able to come outside. We've got QR codes, uh, which thankful to to you guys and your team there. Um, we've got QR codes that the user will scan which brings them to an online portal where they will be able to fill out their information, uh, which, disclaimer, you do have to be 18 years old. Even okay. with uh, parental signature, doesn't matter. You have to be 18. Okay. Um, but you'll fill out your information. You'll sign the uh, contract and liability waiver, uh, and then you will pay tag separately. And it ends out, your total sum ends up to only come out to about $10, $20, then more overall than you would typically pay for your round of golf to drive a motorcycle yeah. around on the course yeah. and have a heck of a lot more fun and elevate your experience of the game and mm-hmm. that, of that round, um, hence taking it above average. That's right. So, you know, that we're the name, the above average That's right. Golf. That's right. That sounds like an amazing um, strategy that you've kind of like put together. Uh I think what stands out to me about what you said earlier was that Paul, was that yeah. his name? You actually, you know, had Paul kind of interested in what you were doing before pulling the trigger. Exactly. Uh, and I think that that's actually a really great thing because oftentimes, you know, you can't just, just throw money at it and hope that hey, like, you know, this is going to happen. And even even with Paul, because I'm sure he didn't sign the contract until you were kind of right. like set in place. So there's still a little bit of risk there, right? But I, I think the fact that you had someone kind of like, you already had 
a customer lined up, if you will, yep. and you already knew how to kind of like proceed, uh, was yet another phenomenal chess move to kind of like move the move the game forward, yeah. right? And I and I love that about kind of like the steps that you're taking. Um, what do you think is the future of tag? I, I think I kind of want to tag, you know, hey. pun intended. I kind of want to tag hey. off of this there. Um, and reference to Live Golf, mm. as well as the the new sporting event that uh, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods are starting, uh-huh. which is is going to be uh, a, a really in, something I'm really interested to see what? more more. So it's more Tell like a more. Uh, a uh, virtual not not virtual but more tech infused game of golf. Interesting. So it's going to be, I believe, teams of three. And mm-hmm. It'll be six teams of three, uh, and every Monday night, uh, these professionals are going to play against each other in front of live audiences, just like they they would. Mm. Um, but it'll basically be like a, a a sports season that these guys can play, that almost hints to something more along the lines of, I'd say. In the realm of like a March Madness time frame. Wow! So they'll they'll compete for for ten different uh, weeks, ten different matches, I believe. Okay. Um, I, but that's really all the details that I know of it right now because uh-huh. I, I think they're they're kind of holding off from releasing the major details. They've just kind of hinted at a couple of things, but with with that and with Live Golf and seeing the changes that that they're making. Um, which is really stirring up the industry. And a lot of people are will say that they're against it and oh, it's messing up the game. It's 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 taking away from tradition. It's but again, golf golf has become a, a, a sport and an activity and a lifestyle that's almost become stagnant. Mm. And with the way that society and this younger generation is is moving towards, they want new, they want exciting, they want uh, technological, they, mm. they, you know, their their view on fun and excitement is not what it was for our predecessors sure. years ago. That's right. Um, so, with with that being said, I think with this bringing something new and exciting to the area for the sport and and lifestyle, that it could grow. That I would love to see uh, these scooters at every golf course. In the area, um, as even the Masters. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They probably, well, I think the Masters you have to walk, right? The Masters you yeah, have okay, to walk, okay, okay. except for your officials. Yeah. For, uh, so maybe they're just the ones that are the ones <laughs> cruising around on uh, on the uh, on some tag scooters. I love that. I love um, that. But it's uh, even in the aspect. I, I had a couple courses interested in a little more upscale. That they didn't necessarily want them full time, yeah. You know, because I, I plan to average at least four to five days a week in the coming months. Uh, right now, it's it's really only going to be weekends only until we can kind of make sure all our kinks are worked out and our bases sure. are covered. Sure. Um, but they've had interest in even bringing them out just for larger events. Sure. Just for big tournaments, yeah. or things like that, and have their officials or or their participants in the in the tournaments be able to ride around on these uh, these bikes. Um, and I plan to to sponsor a couple of these tournaments in the sense of even giving away, sure, um, or having the opportunity to win. That's awesome. Uh, one of these bikes. That's awesome. So 
it's uh, they people have the the capability of you know you'd have to add an attachment to your to your truck or whatnot or maybe a small uh, small trailer very very tiny yeah um, but this is it's it can be used as a personal car that's it, awesome it's a certified golf cart yeah so. I love that. Um, how do people keep in touch? Like, how do people follow the journey? How do people follow the story? Right now, uh, we I currently set up a Facebook page. Um, I I haven't fully launched that yet because I'm I'm waiting on uh, some nicer photos of the product mm-hmm. and things to uh, to be edited and released, and then I'll be able to update some things mainly for photo right or copyright uh, purposes. I don't sure. I don't want to put up photos that. Uh, that I legally can't use. Sure. Um, so at the moment, with Rankin Golf Course being the only course, you'll you'll find me out there and and, and you know a, a team member out there, pretty much every Saturday and Sunday. However, uh, with the Facebook page launching within the next week and a half, mm-hmm. I plan on putting up a calendar uh, that shows and and states the exact days that we plan to be out there Makes sense. that way no one gets upset if they're like man i really want to try this thing and then they come out and and we're not there that's right uh, and it is at the moment it is a first come first serve basis we don't have like a reserved uh platform or, or capability yet which may be something that we'll look at in the future um but this is uh you know it's you got to get it when you can i love that um but I plan to have uh, an Instagram as well, yeah, uh, and possibly a TikTok. Okay, uh, we'll see how that that kind of plays out. But the biggest social media platform will definitely be Facebook, as far as the calendar standpoint. To sure. where I'll, I'll post every month, at the very beginning of every month, or even a week before, uh, the dates that we plan um, to be out there with with the bikes. What about uh, some other services? Let's say that there someone's someone out there is looking for a wedding uh, a wedding DJ or something of the, that nature, some entertainment. Yeah. How do they get in touch with you then? So uh, uh, we definitely got a couple different platforms with that. Um, obviously, uh, by by email, uh, Top Shelf Entertainment S A V at Gmail. And then I've got uh, Facebook, which is Top Shelf Entertainment uh, underscore Savannah. Uh-huh. Same with Instagram, Top Shelf Entertainment underscore SAV for mm-hmm. Savannah. Um, either one of those are, are a pretty simple way to, to get in touch with me. Uh, I, I've tried to be as quick as possible in my response time. I have a little bit on my plate. Yeah, just a um, little bit. But I, I try to be as, as quick as possible. Generally, within 24 hours, I, I like to have responses and mm-hmm. answers back to people uh, or to, to customers. Yeah. Um, but we, we've we got a, a full team on that aspect of the entertainment side. So uh, if if anyone in is needing, you know, not necessarily just a wedding, but they want to throw a party in the backyard Yeah. and they want a DJ, Yeah. we can provide that. Uh, if they just need an efficient, yeah. we can provide that. Or if they just need coordination, we we provide all of those services. But it's a lot easier to work with as an all-inclusive type package uh, that we offer for an also better rate instead of booking things a la carte. Um, we offer a little bit better rate if you book all of those services. That's very, very cool. Um, Jordan, I want to thank you for coming in to the You Know Adam Sane podcast today. I do know Adam Sane. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I, I actually love hearing more. Uh, I've always seen your work, but never got into the nitty gritty of like how and why you do what you do. And I can tell that 
with your dedication to the customer experience, uh, which is also critical, um, that you will be successful in everything that you do. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Yeah.